motionless. Beyond the walls of the cobweb, unfortunately, things were messier, and required the employment of those who, like Andreas, had special talents. Andreas was in his mid-thirties, with an average build and a forgettable face, both assets in his line of work. He wore one of the black, floor-length leather greatcoats that were the unofficial uniform of the Concordat. The coat had become a symbol. Parents frightened their children with it. This was useful, since if everyone knew what a Concordat agent looked like, it made it all the easier not to look like one, when that was what was required. Orlongo shifted in his special chair, which creaked slightly as hidden springs took up his weight. He adjusted his spectacles and pretended to notice Andreas for the first time, though the man had been waiting patiently for at least a quarter of an hour. Ah, Andreas. Sir. Any progress with your investigation of the Grey Rose? Some things were too delicate to trust to the machine. The Grey Rose had been another of Orlanco's special employees, one of the best, but she'd slipped the leash several years back and disappeared without a trace. As a matter of principle, the Duke couldn't allow that sort of thing. Andreas had been pursuing her ever since, patiently following the faintest traces with a persistence that would have done credit to a bloodhound. Andreas, the Duke sometimes thought, was a bit like an automaton himself. I have several promising leads, sir, Andreas said. My people are following them up. You're still convinced she hasn't left the country? The balance of evidence seems to suggest she remains in the city, sir. Damn the woman, Orlanco thought. If she'd done the logical thing and fled beyond his supposedly all-powerful reach, he would have happily called off the hunt. She knew nothing that would damage him, not at this stage. But by remaining close by, she implicitly challenged his authority, and that could not be tolerated. It was an irritating waste of resources. Well, I'm sure your men can proceed without you for a time. There are other matters that require our attention. Yes, sir. Andreas waited patiently, hands crossed behind his back. Have you heard the news from Kondar? Yes, sir. Colonel Volnik appears to have won a great victory. The Vermilion throne is secure and newly indebted to his majesty. So the papers would have us believe, Orlanko said sourly. Volnik was already well on his way to becoming a popular hero. Such stories were usually exaggerations, but the Duke's own agents reported that the broadsheets were, if anything, understating the case. Volnik is on his way back here, apparently. He's expected any day. And the special asset you sent with him? I've heard nothing. Orlonko's finger tap-tap-tapped on the report which in itself speaks volumes. If we assume the worst, she's been eliminated. And the thousand names may be in Valnik's hands. A hint of animation entered Andreas's face. Would you like him removed upon arrival? The Duke stifled a sigh. If Andreas had a fault, it was a definite tendency to resort to drastic measures too quickly. It was an odd failing in someone so patient in every other respect. Orlanko suspected that Andreas simply liked to kill people. That would be a bit obvious, don't you think? 
Orlanko shook his head. No, Valnik will undoubtedly enjoy the favor of the king and the adoration of the mob. For the moment we dare not touch him. But his majesty is very ill. If he dies, we shall see. Yes, sir. We need to know what happened in Kandar, Andreas. If these names our Elysian friends are so interested in really exist, and whether or not Volnik has them, whether he even understands their importance. He leaned back in his chair, springs creaking. Find out. Understood, sir. Volnik is a very clever man, and he'll be on his guard. Concentrate on the people around him. Nothing too obvious, of course. Yes, sir. Andreas betrayed only a hint of disappointment. And I may have another assignment for you soon, depending on how the king...